I'm delighted to welcome today Amy Chibika from Food is Love Experience. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for taking time out of your very jet-setting, glamorous life to, to speak with <laughs> us. So the guests will, uh, listeners will talk, understand what I'm uh, talking about shortly. So Food is Love Experience, what is that? Oh, I have a passion for helping people learn to love and fall in love with foods that heal them instead of fighting the cravings that we tend to have that are harmful to us. And I have made it uh, my mission to spread the world all over, spread the word all over the world. And I'm uh, even sold my two apartments, everything in them to put everything into a suitcase that I can and literally travel around the world telling people about how they can have food as a friend, as a relationship that is beautiful instead of a up and down, topsy-turvy emotional pull that sometimes we experience. Did you say that you sold two apartments? Uh -huh. Okay, so that's that selling one is a big deal. Selling two apartments and going on the road like a gypsy type of um, wandering traveler. <laughs> yeah, it was it was hard. It was very hard, but life circumstance. I ended up with a child who lives in Italy and a child who lives in Oregon. And I thought, okay, how does mom get to be in both places at once? And I really needed to have uh, the resources and the ability to uh, jump on a plane when I found a good deal. And so I have a 21-year-old that lives in Oregon and he's doing good on his own. And I have a 15-year-old who's going to high school in Italy with his father, which is where he was born and where I lived and really was the foundation for where I began to understand having love and a lovely relationship with food is a key to a joyful life. Um, and because there the food is amazing. Before I went to Italy, I did not like to cook. And I, people are like, what? Because now I love to cook. But the, the, the beautiful relationship that people have and the joy they put into food on a regular basis, like people have to make breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's no fast foods. Where I was a very small town, um, you didn't, and the husbands and the kids came home for school after lunch, for lunch, excuse me. So it was all these meals and I didn't even like to cook when I got there. So I would go to the grocery store and I spoke very little Italian and all the mothers, we've dropped off our kids at school and now they're shopping and all the fresh markets that are just amazing. And they'd ask what I was making for lunch. And I'd be like, sandwiches, <laughs> because that was the American way of eating and very normal. Um, and yet they didn't turn their noses at me, but they very certainly thought I was weird. <laughs> and so them coming into my life and kind of infusing joy into a kitchen and setting things up. I would have women come in and they just, you know, I'm pointing at where things are and they're making these amazing meals that are simple and, and beautiful from fresh ingredients that you get on the corner market. And I just fell in love with the idea of the simplicity of food. And if we keep it simple in our lives, that it actually helps us focus on the other things that we love as well. And so 
One thing as the American that I wanted to make sure I was doing was not cooking every meal every day. And so I kind of developed systems for myself and my family that allowed me to prep vegetables and prep things that I could put on a meal at the spur of the moment. And I brought those systems back to the U.S. when I moved back with my kids and found that mealtime was so hectic and so stressful to so many people, I started to think, okay, how can I help? And I created a business called Amy in Your Kitchen, where I would come in once a week and fill your refrigerator with whatever you needed to get through the week. And many, many people thrived with this. And yet I had a few that weren't eating it. They would have me come back every week and I would literally take the 21 meals that I made, maybe one or two gone, and I would go and I would give them away because they needed to be eaten the next day. And I would refill the refrigerator with more fresh food. And she wanted me to keep coming back, but I couldn't, I didn't, it didn't feel right. And so I was trying to figure out a way, what is this and why is it, is it so, it, 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 it's affecting her life. What can I do to speak to it? And I found the Institute for the Psychology of Eating, and I fell in love with how they speak about your relationship with food and how that makes a difference in your life. And so from there, I'm able to speak to my personal chef clients about where their relationship with food is and how that affects even their digestion. And so then... Things happen, COVID happens. And <laughs> I had many clients who were like, oh no, you are not leaving us, you are essential. <laughs> so I was able to continue to work in kitchens, thankfully. But I, through circumstance, my son younger ended up being in Italy and he ended up getting stuck there because of COVID. And so I thought, okay, I'm selling everything so that when the time is right and things open up again, I can head that direction and I can still be around family and friends. And as I went through the process, which was not easy to sell everything that I've had for 20 years. I mean, the things we collect I know, um, yeah. and yeah, going through that was, was not as glamorous as it seems. <laughs> and I had some hard moments, but I've arrived there. Um, I now am very, uh, very, blessed to not have the space to collect more things. I collect memories. I collect experiences. And I love eating food because you buy it, you put it in, and you don't have to store it anywhere. So it's a beautiful experience. But with with the with the eventuality of being needy to travel, I was able to create my life that I have now. And I am no longer working for any particular clients on a weekly basis because I'm constantly traveling. And the beautiful thing is now I offer my services as a retreat chef. So when somebody needs to host a retreat and they don't want to worry about the food side, I get to go in and cook for people because I truly love cooking for people. And it's joyful to me to be in the kitchen, to provide meals and to show people, even if it's a weekend I can show people how the simplicity of food is, is beautiful. And so that's my hobby. That's my fun. And on the other side, I speak around the world 
and to anybody who will listen on the plane, in the airport, <laughs> the taxi drivers, um, about your relationship and how having that connection and and being awake to the connection between your mind and your stomach helps you digest. And all the healthy things, there are so many things that we can do to promote our health. And that's a key piece that people are like, eat less, exercise more, yay, yay, yay. If you are not connected to your stomach, if you are not aware of your body, there's still a piece missing. So I really feel like all the amazing things that we can do for our health are like the bricks in the foundation of a building. And the psychology of eating, the relationship that you have with your body and with food is actually the glue, the mortar. It's what keeps it all together. And so I have found that to be a very um, important piece. And in creating my food is love experience, we go through that foundation. We go through the different bricks. I bring colleagues in who are great at developing each brick. And we have access to all kinds of um, things to help that. And then we talk about how we keep it all together. How do we keep going? How many of us have got on that diet, changed something in our lives to be healthier, and then eventually you roll back into your old habits. Why is that? How do we stop that transition? How do we stop that, that reversal? And that's where I come in. I talk to people about making these habits sustainable, making them um, move forward. And a lot of times it's not because you are a willpower weakling. It's not because you are, you know, you, you can't beat yourself up about these things. And you, you have to kind of look at a little bit deeper than you want to do it. And we all focus on our why and that's beautiful, but it might be something that happened in our childhood that has created this emotion around a certain food or around a certain situation of our health that impacts us now as adults and is actually hindering, in a sense, um, how we can move forward and keep the changes that we're looking to do. And Elaine, I love your master wellness mentor because I imagine you take people down that track and you're giving them tools to maintain it. Mm, absolutely, yes. I also add in testing as well so we can see what the body's actually doing and that way yes. we know exactly what the supplementation need is in the short term because like you food is is the is the answer and uh, how we eat and when we eat and the speed we eat and who we eat with and you know so on and so forth so what can people do to you said that there's lots of things that people can do to improve their relationship so th throw some throw some examples out absolutely the number one thing that i challenge people with is who can sit and eat a meal by themselves without distraction, without TV, technology, magazines, pen and pencil, phone, Kindle, book, mag, all those things. Who can really sit and focus on their food? Not very many people. And yet that would be a very simple key piece to starting to get connected to your food and your body. So I encourage my clients to even start with five minutes pick a window seat pick somewhere where they love to look at the outdoors because nature is beautiful and if we can be in nature we we send, tend to be 
more relaxed, less stressful, which actually then helps us digest better as well. So one of the key things is giving yourself at least five minutes to focus on your food. And if you need to do the simplest act of how does it taste? How does it feel on your tongue? Is it salty? Is it sweet? Go through, I give 10 questions. I could go through these questions and think about them so that you're really focused. And eventually you don't need to go through the questions. You'll just be able to feel it. But that's one piece that is incredibly easy and incredibly important. And you can even do it when you have drive-through food. Like a lot of people, they're in a hurry. I don't immediately focus on you shouldn't eat that. I focus on you have to stop for five minutes. You cannot keep driving and eating. And most of the time, when people take the time to taste what they're buying in the fast food lane, they're not going to crave it anymore. <laughs> but when we're on autopilot and we're just putting food in because, you know, we need fuel, we tend to um, put things in that, that aren't actually satisfying. They're just getting us through the moment. So taking five minutes and not um, driving, not being distracted while you're eating is a huge piece. Then if you start to understand and, and focus on what you're eating and become aware, you'll tend to start making different choices. And, you know, having food, access to good food, or snacks if you need them, if you are busy, is is really, does take some, um, what's the word? It takes some work, it takes some ideas, it takes some planning. And so I have a whole list of, and a way of planning out your week. I have a list of figuring out your favorite foods and the fastest way to make them, maybe making sure that you have those items kind of in stock all the time for a fast meal, because sometimes we need the fast meal and that's okay. We can't always create beautiful things, but being able to create stuff quickly is, is part of meal prepping. So I actually do have a book that's called Meal Prep Magic. And it focuses on number one, creating a kitchen that is stocked well for creating meals that you love. Having the right tools is key just in anything that you do. It makes life simpler and then being prepared to have those meals kind of in the refrigerator or the ingredients easily to put together so I can work with people in that respect. And it actually, it doesn't take that much time if you learn the process with many things, just say. So that's one of my, one of my focuses as well. Brilliant. Are those yeah. things helpful? Absolutely. And how can people get hold of the book? Meal, I've written it here, the Meal Prep Magic. How can people yeah, get Yeah, it's Meal book? Prep Magic with Pam and Amy. Right now it's on Amazon. It's $4.99 and it's a Kindle book. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we are working on making it a cookbook. There are three weeks worth of meal prep type meals. So when I meal prep, I'm doing one protein and then lots of different vegetables with different focuses. So you're making one protein, but you can make that into several different meals. And sometimes the one protein and all your chopped favorite vegetables, all you have to do is add a different spice every day 
so that you're not eating the same flavor profile. You know, you can eat the same things, but the flavor profile being different helps you not be tired of it or, you know, over it, if you will. So that's a key piece to being prepared and having meal prep. So there's, there's four different weeks with four different proteins of cooking in there. And then I also have some cooking classes on YouTube. Um, and there's I have access to that. They also, I have an email signup that is on my webpage, which is the foodislovexperience.com. And that I send out a recipe once or twice a month as well with the instructions. And I'm working on getting videos attached to those for easily making food and loving it. Like the more that we can be prepared, find the simplicity of it so that it's not overwhelming, we get to go do the other things that we love more, right? Absolutely. It's all about balance, isn't it, at the end of the day? Um, my The type of clients that I've been serving up until recently are mostly those with cancer. So there's certain things that they should be doing and shouldn't be doing, and starting foods, stopping foods, etc., etc. So do you, how do you manage when you have somebody who's got some particular uh, thing, you know, gluten-free or whatever? And presumably that's not an issue for you. Um, I choose to be some mostly gluten-free. All of my recipes are gluten-free. Um, and some of them are even dairy-free. Um, so the the amazing thing is, is when we're told we can't eat something that we're emotionally tied to, it's not actually about the food. It's about the emotion that's wrapped around it. Yeah. And so what I actually address with people is, yes, we can develop recipes without these things. In it. And I'm actually very good at creating healthy recipes of your favorite things and finding substitutes. I mean, we are so blessed in this day and age to have substitutes for everything, right? And and while it may not be, it, and really it's about the psychological connection that we have to it that changes. So if I made a meal that has no gluten in it, most people don't notice mm, yeah. until later. Or, you know, I've, I've had friends where I've made them a whole meal. And they're like, oh, that was so good. It was so satisfying. And they're like, wait, there was no bread. And I was like, you don't need it. <laughs> we have this because we were served bread as kids or or we got bread with, you know, butter. And so we love that thing. And so actually what I would do is take the client, figure out the foods that would help emotionally satisfy them, but then unravel that emotion, see where it's coming from and see if we can grow it. There's no changing it. It's there, but we can grow that uh, attachment to a more mature attachment because when we have an attachment that has something when we're a child we kind of get stuck in that and as, as a childish uh, it, attachment and so a lot of times also when I'm working with my clients I have them recognize who's coming to the table right now is it the five-year-old who doesn't want to eat vegetables is it the 13-year-old who doesn't want to eat any fat because she doesn't want to you know put any weight on um, or is afraid of that. Who's coming to the table and how can we help that person, that emotion mature so that we are adults eating, knowing that if we can focus on the foods that we know are healing us, we actually have greater joy, but it's getting past that, that moment. Mm, absolutely. And as you say, preparing so that 
if you are a snacker, you've got healthy snacks prepared in advance that are easy to to grab when you need them. So you're not you know going to go. I I can't buy anything that's naughty because I can't trust myself and I'll eat it all at the same time. I I, I do. I'm, I'm hopeless, so I don't I don't buy. Elaine, we gotta talk. <laughs> so I I do prepare um I do prepare uh snacks and and things for me. That I can have easily but I'll make them from healthy stuff so I might make um, almond milk and I'll use the almond pulp with seeds nuts um, cranberries goji berries all kinds of things um, and I'll turn them into truffles and I'll put them in the freezer oh. and they're absolutely to die for so full of protein nice healthy snack you know so it's, it's almost a meal really so I've oh, um, that's how I that's how I do my um, health and my, my food is my medicine you know it's, it's it, it keeps me on the road Absolutely. It's so true. I mean, people, they don't consider that you're, you're fueling mm -hmm. the energy that you have. You're fueling a body and not everything on the shelf, unfortunately, is really good for you with our food industry, the way it's trying to put out stuff fast and, and entice all our, of our taste buds has hurt because it's not thinking of, of, of it past our throats <laughs> or even you know once we swallow it's not they're not considering what that does to our bodies so i love that what you just said those truffles sound amazing and i imagine when you are craving something and you eat that you're just like oh this is so good yeah right? exactly yeah it's it, it's a psychological benefit when I'm eating something that I've prepared and I and I often do batch cook I and mean, it's only me I don't have anybody to cook for it's, it's just me and then some people say well you know why do you bother why don't you do fast things because I'm worth it that's why because I, I like to I like to um, fiddle about in the kitchen I don't cook every day of course I don't um, but yeah. I do plan and when I make too much because it's only me I, I often do I'll freeze you know the, the rest so I've got mm -hmm. something that is fast food. It's just, you know, we just need to yeah. unfreeze it, you know. So, yeah, mm -hmm. every day is um, is an adventure. I never know what's going to ha happen in my fridge or my kitchen. Yeah. I'm, I've got myself um, hooked on cauliflower pizzas. So mm -hmm. I'm making uh, uh, pizzas with the cauliflower base. And I've, I've heard about them for a long time. And I thought, oh, it's a lot of fuss and fiddle. I love it. I absolutely love it. I can't stop eating them and they freeze really well. Wow. Yes. Oh my goodness. And you don't, people don't know the different, like the satisfaction, that psychological piece. It, you, people just don't even, can't comprehend how beautiful it feels to put the right things in your body. We're because we're constantly fighting the wrong things. And when you let, when you are able to, to, grow past that and, and start putting the right things. Like I just, I just sit there and close my eyes and chewing and people in the room think I'm crazy. <laughs> like, no. It's lovely. And it feels so good. Our body, when we're in, in, in unison with it and aware of it. And I mean, all the way down to your fingers and your toes are rejoicing when you put that good food in your body that it knows is going to function well. What's your favorite foods? Oh. <laughs> huh. I love simple. I love Mexican food. I spend a lot of time in Mexico. I love the beautiful way in which you can have the same ingredients and make 10 different dishes. Mm. 
Um, I really love Italian, um, but again, simplicity. And those guys can make a pasta sauce out of any vegetable, mm. which is absolutely fabulous. Um, so, and I love to, I love all food. I just, because there's so many diverse flavors and tastes and I'm expanding now more with different spices from different cultures. In fact, I'm going to start traveling the world and going to spice markets. That's my new passion. I'm thinking I need to do that and just explore with different flavors. Um, because all the vegetables, the foundation is the same and it's the, it's the flavors that we get to experience. And so experimenting and playing with flavors, I think is one of my favorite things to do. What about you? I like everything as well. Yeah. I can't think <laughs> of anything that I don't like. Um, I'm not off the top of my head. I can't know. And I, and I go with what's available at the markets here and, um, uh, I just actually bought myself an ozone machine um, water, you know, hydrator because I can't always get not I can't always get organic, which I much prefer. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, because I'm you know really health conscious, I've I've now got um, I buy from the market rather than the supermarket, and then I'll use the ozone water to you know remove the pesticides and, and whatnot as yeah. best we can. So uh, there's always ways around, no matter what your circumstances are. There's always something that you can do to improve the quality. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I say no matter what the, the the vegetable is, there is a way that you can do it that will help you like it. Yeah. Like I know there are many things that we don't like from our childhood because they were cooked a certain way. Yeah. And I always used to ask my clients, OK, what's the one thing you don't want to eat? And I'm going to find a way for me to, to create a way of cooking it that you like it because there's so many good things and molecules and all the different colors of vegetables we need to eat them all yeah eating the rainbow eating a colored uh, meal i've got a friend who's going through a health uh, challenge at the moment and she said to me well, i'm going to have this this and this for for tea tonight and i said well make sure you, you know you add add red in it because it was all it was bland it was just white and green i said i'll oh, put some red in it and maybe some yellow you know make it pretty oh okay that's yeah. a good idea and it yeah. just the colors on the plate lifts you doesn't it Totally. And that appeals to our senses and that helps us stay focused on the food. So I'm always, I many times I'm alone eating as well. And I love to plate my food, even if I'm alone, because making something that looks beautiful and appealing also helps us keep our focus on it. Um, I do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Because as I say, because I'm worth it, like the advert says. So yes. Amy, remind us of your connection. Um, and where the, the where we can get the book again okay so my book is meal prep magic with pam and amy and it's on amazon it's 4.99 and it's an ebook for the moment you can be looking for the the hardcover to be coming out with more pictures and stuff of the recipes and then you can find me at the food is sign up for my email there i do send out recipes and quick tips on how to do uh local for me local stuff um and current vegetables that are in season and things like that so i have that and then i'm on social media on facebook instagram and linkedin as amy chivika marvelous and for the listeners who aren't seeing this on on pod on the you know the, the tv what do you call it youtube <laughs> um how do you spell your surname please ah it's Civica, C-I-V-I-C-A. Looks like Civica. 
but it's pronounced Chivica. Italiano. (laughs) See, I just gave an Italian lesson. Excellent. Thank you so much, Amy. It's a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, I look forward to following your travels and seeing more of your uh, materials as they come out. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.